Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. If you want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. I got to say, for all of our listeners out there, you're really missing something because every time this intro is happening, Aaron is jamming hard. Oh, my God. It's so entertaining. I love it. How can you not boogie to those tunes, man? Shake it. It is. I love it. You can't help it. Just bring in the energy of the show right from the get-go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe one time I'll, I'll snip the video clip and just share you. <laughs> I think we oh, should. No. There should be some outtakes. And that could For be, sure. That's definitely part of it. Don't tell me ahead of time. I'll get stage fright. Oh, I won't. Oh, you, okay. I'll just put a hodgepodge of all of the intro okay. recordings. All right. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Any faces we've made over time. After a year, like we need a really quirky, <laughs> you know, episode that just fills yeah. up with all of those things. Like the outtakes. I love outtakes, man. I, I can too. watch bloopers like for days. So well, I'm sure we I have think that's bloopers. when it, it really shows personality. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you get to know somebody better. Yeah. All yeah. right. Are we ready to kick the show off today? We are sure. Oh, ready. We have, we have a ready. really special guest. Been waiting for this guy to get on. We've we had some of our own scheduling challenges. So apologize to Darren for that. But we do have Darren Mitchell here today. So let me tell you a little bit about him. So over the last 20 years, Darren grew a very successful manufacturing business. He developed a worldwide marketing system with partners in six continents, patented, oh, I can't say that word, patented uh, intellectual property, a global supply chain, and had profits 10 times the industry average. Uh, That's pretty, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Most impressive, he did it from a small remote island in Canada. Not adjacent to the customers or supply chain, he used social media, innovation, and resourcefulness to create a new model for business. Uh, Totally awesome. Today, Darren's team at Mitchell Industries has developed several digital learning platforms or organizations looking for industry best practices. Their first platform, Manufacturing Masters, has over 2,000 500 global users, and they just kicked it off this year. So it's very, uh, very encouraging. It's exciting. It's awesome. So Darren, welcome to the show. We're so happy you're here. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be here. Yeah. 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 It's a privilege to talk to you. I remember um, the first time that I had a chance to speak with you, Darren, he's like, yeah, we're thinking about doing this thing. It's it's like Netflix for manufacturers. All I, I was like, that's such a good pitch. You, you, you had me at hello. So yeah. um, I can't wait <laughs> to have everybody hear about it today. So Darren, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Why, why the love of manufacturing? What brings you into this space? 
Mm. Uh, thank you for the question and thanks for the very kind introduction. Uh, so in 25 years, uh, again, grew a global manufacturing business in the dead center of nowhere. And I ended up selling that business last Christmas. And what plagued me over uh, all of that time and growing the business is who, where, and how do I access the information that I need, where, when, and how I want it to properly grow the business. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned global patenting. So we started the process to patent our products and only after I stumbled through it and hundreds of thousands of dollars later, the government actually came to me and said, could you teach us how to do this? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm trying to run a business and do you know how many mistakes I made along the way? <laughs> so um, I'm very passionate about small to medium sized mm -hmm. manufacturers. So um, anywhere under the 200 million mark, usually the owners still have uh, some sort of relationship with the company it hasn't become a corporate entity yet mm -hmm. um, and looking to find ways to give them access to the world's best information in bite-sized form so they can access it where when and how they need it meeting them where they're at and uh, I'm very very passionate about that and one thing I also realized when we started this process is um, there's lots of people out there who have those answers. I shouldn't be one of them. <laughs> so what we did is um, much like yourself, Chris, who we've recruited to talk about aftermarket part sales. Uh, we've also recruited so far 106 other manufacturing Fantastic. experts in everything yeah. from uh, women in manufacturing to employee engagement to operations, how to get the best out of your engineering team. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, 20 some years, somewhat, you know, the, the guy we have who does this, who used to work for Boeing, who lives in uh, Seattle, you know, he talks about how to get the last 10% out of your engineering team. And I was watching the videos going, I never knew how to get the first 90%. <laughs> we really want to make sure that, you know, right now we're over 500 videos. We want to make sure that we have a tool that is available to the leadership team of those small to medium businesses that, again, they have the right information. Like we're usually talking five to 10 minute videos. And whenever they have that particular thing come up or they're they're about mm -hmm. to experience something maybe you're planning on implementing an uh, ERP or maybe you haven't done that yet or maybe you're um maybe you have to fire your CFO you know there's a great video on there that we have about mm -hmm. what to look for in a CFO I ended up firing three over my career and I was getting frustrated going why does this keep happening and then I watched this one five minute video and I Oh, holy hell, I keep hiring the wrong people. I kept promoting my accountant. And what would happen in our management team meetings is I would say, where are we at? Who has ideas for next month or where we need to be next quarter? And I could never get that information out of that person because what they were built for is to record data, record and analyze data. And I, mm -hmm. I unfortunately put the wrong person in the mm. wrong position because I thought I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, right now we have uh, over 500 video library and growing. And the other one that we've added, so just picture categories 
all the way from sales and marketing to how to do trade shows to um, it, technical things. We don't get into things like programming, how to program a PLC because there's other assets, mm-hmm. assets out mm-hmm. there that do okay. that. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with what manufacturing businesses today spend 85% of their time doing, and that's leading the business, not the technical process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the thing that most of us who came up, I'm showing my hands right now because they're beaten up. Mm-hmm. Most of us who came through the ranks and ended up in leadership positions, we did it because we had technical skills. Unfortunately, or fortunately, you now find yourself in a leadership position and you're going, we should go back and bend more steel. No, there's someone in your office crying, but I know how to mm-hmm. bend steel. <laughs> so it's a, it's a big stressor. Uh, and a great opportunity to add value again to that leadership team of those small to medium businesses. And I, I, I'll be careful not to rant too much, but great example. <laughs> Salesman would come to my office and say, listen, your whole system sucking your factory, but for $250,000, we can give you an ERP system. And now I'm leaning back on my chair and I'm a little uncomfortable and being a you know polite Canadian, I would say, thank you for coming. And that was the end of the meeting. The challenge is that actually could have been the best solution for us, but I was not equipped to even ask Mm -hmm. the right questions because the person who's posing the solution is the person who's also trying to sell me something. So again, we want to give a very safe environment for people to learn and grow. So I'm, I'm very excited. And again, we launched in uh, December 15th and we're now at 2,500 users and we just signed up our first business from Japan this week. So I'm kind of excited about that. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, Going great. global. Awesome. <laughs> well, I rant, but I'm, uh, I'm very passionate about it. And I appreciate the question because I, you know, the flip side is that it isn't always hugs and kisses. There was a lot of times that in a leadership position, I suffered and yeah. I was terrified and going, um, help what, what's going to happen Monday morning. I don't have the skills necessary. And the only thing you can do is try and fake your way through it. And that's not fair to your customers. It's not fair to your supply chain. And it's definitely not fair to your staff. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty passionate about getting the right experts in touch with the right businesses so they can get real help where, when, and how they need it and meeting them where they're at. Yeah, I love that. Darren, I I have a sense that you tend towards the humble, so you might deflect on my question, but I think you have been exposed to enough experts, as you mentioned before, they might be uh, prepared to help us with this question, which is, what can manufacturers today do to prepare for tomorrow? I mean, the world is changing like... So quickly, um, what would be some of the the key things that you would want manufacturers to consider as they prepare for tomorrow? Um, do, do, so, for all your listeners out there, I actually so sometimes I like to riff quite a bit, and then I have to be careful because I go off track. Because, like I said, my heart pounds when I think about you know people taking chances and mortgaging their homes yeah. and you know risking it all to succeed. Um, I get pretty passionate about it. So if it's okay, I actually wrote them down. So I don't want to sound like I'm screwed, but I I took this seriously. And I thought about 
Um, I've had lots of speaking engagements. So I travel around, you know, a lot of US associations and, and, and quite a bit in Canada as well. Um, and I also have the luxury of sometimes people who are uh, signed up to our site, I'll just coach off, you know, kind of off the cuff, I'll do mm -hmm. some coaching with mm -hmm. them and understand where they're at. So I thought about all of those experiences from the last, you know, not only 20 some years, but especially the last 12 months. And sure. um, I took some notes and maybe I could share that. Yeah, that would yeah, be great. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you. So the one that uh, uh, that hopefully makes me look smart is strategically <laughs> diversifying. You're like, come on, man. Like, seriously, that's <laughs> those anyway. are big words. <laughs> so one of the things what that I see companies doing that are thinking about the future and where they're at. And again, I'm coming at this not from, you know, a, a billion dollar company. We're thinking of somebody who's usually around $50 million or maybe even five or $10 million. Um, they're taking a good look. So most, most manufacturers today are busy, which is okay. a good thing. It's good to be busy, but that's not necessarily being strategic. So really good example. One of the companies that I spoke to recently, they've invested uh, $600,000 in new equipment because they took on this massive nationwide customer. And I've asked them one simple question, has it made you any more profit? Uh, well, we're busy. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we had uh -oh. to, we've had to add a night shift. We've had to add additional equipment like pallet wrappers, et cetera, et cetera. And we're flat out, but we're pretty sure a year from now, Darren, this will pay off. Mm. Hearing things like that scare me because again, sure. it's keeping you busy, but it's not necessarily strategic. So some of the better company, not better companies, some of the more strategic companies that, who are thinking about you know, not just get it out the door, get it out the door, get it out the door. Some of the more strategic companies right now are thinking about, we have a, you know, picture a, a pie chart and we have certain products that we offer in the marketplace. What they're doing is taking a hard look at what do we start cutting? So we have some products that we have low margin mm -hmm. are consuming, you know, 30, 40, 50% of our resources. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to take a look at those low margin mm -hmm. items and, and saying, you know, maybe we're just, we shouldn't be doing that anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. Good example, a company that makes uh, big, heavy equipment, which I'm very familiar with, they made, you know, simple attachments like blades and plows and whatnot. They just sold off that division. <laughs> they were very profitable selling off that division, but they said, realistically, it interferes with the rest of our lines and it, it's taking away from those higher margin items. So strategically, the, the leaders are thinking about those things because, again, you know, the ride that we're on, like anything, may not last forever. So you don't want to look shocked when it happens because your banker doesn't want at your excuses. It does not pay the bills. Um, the second thing that I've seen companies doing, and I had the pleasure of doing it myself, and it's one of the things that I'm very excited that Chris does, and I'm going to give her a tip of the hat, is one of the things that we started doing was saying, traditionally, we were this, we manufactured this thing. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. But realistically, we went out to the marketplace and said, is there anything else that you need? And they started saying, we'd love to get parts. And we went, like, what kind of parts? Well, replacement parts for yours and um, your competitors suck at <laughs> um, like their customer service is horrible. We hate dealing with them. So 
what we did is we actually just built a factory for parts. So we stopped doing the low margin things and the factory that we built for replacement parts were actually supplying not only our competitors' customers, but our actual competitors. And we were making 48 to 52% margins. Wow. Yeah. You can't argue with that. that. I mean, that's just cold, hard kids. Go fix the problem. (laughs) Listen to the customer and fix the problem. Listen to the customer and fix the problem. I like it. Chris, you're awesome. And I want everyone to go on to Manufacturing Masters and watch your videos or just call you and ask you for help because it's (laughs) what you're doing is extremely inspirational going Mm. But we do this one thing, really. <laughs> yeah, but you can make a whole bunch. And parts orders are so repetitive, yes. and people just need them. And what they don't want is a long, convoluted process. They want a one-step push button. You're going to solve my problem. Attitude. Thanks. Yep. I am a good student of yours, Chris. So that's what, they, <laughs> that's what they want at the end of the day. That's what we all want as customers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then, you know, we have some proof is that, like I said, we're making forty-eight to fifty-two percent margin, and I had one staff member running that department and, yeah. and I would have other departments going, why do they always get the best equipment? <laughs> well, thank you for that, Darren. Appreciate so it. That would be the first thing I would think about if I was a manufacturer today, which I still believe I am, is thinking about how do you stop doing the things that are less margin? We know you're busy. We all know you're busy. I get it you're busy. What can we, what do we have the courage to stop doing today? And what should we start doing? Because in six months time, when the economy does something or a global event does something, you don't get paid enough to look shocked. You need to start while you're busy and things are happening. You need to prepare for that today. So that would be the first thing I would suggest that they start doing is, you know what, I'm sorry to say, and it's not probably the most exciting topic for people to hear. If you don't have margins, it's just an expensive hobby. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. What they call that true talk, real talk, real talk. That's That's real talk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anybody today in manufacturing who's not trying to increase their profitability, but sometimes it's a difficult choice to sit around the table and say, what should we stop doing? You know, and to really understand that. I loved Darren uh, use the word courage, have the courage to know what to stop doing. And I think that's the, uh, that's almost trickier than the, the profit question is having the courage and the confidence to make a big change. Um, and, you know, with the encouragement and with demonstration of success and sharing those success stories, I think that will help people gain that courage. So once again, I'm really glad um, you're doing what you're doing, Darren, to get those stories out there. Thanks. Yeah. Is there anything, Darren, that you can think of right now in all your conversations with manufacturers that manufacturers are worried about right now? Um, you know, we hear all the big stuff, the inflation, you know, people, um, you know, supply chain, but w- what are you hearing in, in your conversations? What are they worried about? Um, so uh, people, um, I don't want to repeat what you've probably heard a thousand times in the last week about people. Um I have two things that I would want your listeners to definitely listen to carefully today. 
One, you need to begin an employee health program, mm -hmm. looking out for the health and wellness of your employees. Mm -hmm. So the reason that I say this is uh, many fold is um, you've been busy, you've been extremely stressed for the last uh, three, four years, maybe some of you have been stressed for 30 years. Um, you've been extremely stressed, which you've got through it. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. But you missed something. You have a team of people who haven't recovered yet. And they're still under stress. Wow. They do not have hope and they do not feel appreciated. And it's, um, there's a flip side to this. So this is why you need to do this. You just have to do it. If you care about your people, just start doing it. You don't, if I have to explain why, I'm just never going to get the point across. You just, I just want manufacturers to recognize, and there's a ton of resources that are out there. You just have to recognize that just being busy and getting through things has taken a human toll. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the flip side. You have never had a greater gift in the current state of the economy to poach the leaders you need to grow your business. Because the exact same people you need, those people who are loyal and committed and have great insights and who are part of those other teams are also feeling beaten up and unappreciated. Wow. So there were times in my career when I was honestly actively headhunting certain people in other companies where I said, I really want this person and will never, ever get them. Just there, they, you know, they, they you were, if you were to cut them, they would bleed their company colors. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. Now is the time to go after those people because those people are very much feeling unappreciated and distressed. So mm -hmm. if your company culture is shining through because you did all the right things over the last couple of years and you can show off that company culture and really back it up like not just the BS stuff. If you can really back it up, now is the time to headhunt those certain people you need because you're never going to get them at a different time. Sure. So instead oh. of saying, poor me, people are idiots. Uh, this is what, guess what? I, I can't help that company. But if you strategically and tactically want to do something today, it is a great time to be poaching those people. Preach. Yeah, it's wow. I think there are a lot of people that needed to hear that. That's great. Mm -hmm. yeah, that is wow. powerful. That's sage. That is sage. Thank you. That's a big words today. <laughs> <laughs> it's vocabulary Friday. Yeah. All right. So Darren, I, I think what you're doing with manufacturing masters is just fantastic on so many different levels. I know is a lot of small business owners, they start what they're doing because of the passion and the, 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 what it is that they're really, really, really good at. And then they forget, um, or they just don't realize that, oh yeah, I'm also HR and legal and finance and marketing and sales. And they have all these other hats to wear. Um, and their, their formal training was never really down that path. So it's great that you've got these bite-sized nuggets of amazing information to help them be the best that they can be. Um, that being said, what does the future hold for manufacturing matters? What's the bigger picture vision? What else are you trying to fulfill? So we continue to develop our depth of experts. So um, I think we have 15 new ones just coming out in the next few weeks. So everywhere from uh, sustainable development, so not just in your factory, but also 
with your products. So really good example. I am a small to medium manufacturer. I interviewed the expert who talks about building sustainable products. And I said, listen, off the record, I need to be honest with you. We don't care. <laughs> and he said, I get it, Darren. I get that you don't care. You won't care until the day that your customer calls and asks you for the first, you know, the list of documentation. And I went, I'm sorry, I'm listening. <laughs> That's again, we want to keep building the depth and the breadth so that there's something for everyone. And probably uh, sometime in the new year, um, I, I meet with a lot of these companies who we're building trust with. And one of the next things they're asking us to do is, can you add additional products to help build our people? Oh, um, cool. So that's probably something that we're going to look at doing in the new year is making sure that there's um, products and services available for that group of people as well. But where my heart is, again, is in that leadership team of the small to medium business who may not have all the skills and resources and experiences and university degrees that you're supposed to have to succeed to doing what you're doing. Yeah. And for those that are looking at Darren right now, we can see all the masters behind him up on the screen. So it's really uh, awesome how you're advocating for them and supporting the manufacturing community. So thanks so much for being here. You know, it's very interesting to talk with you. And I know even a year from now, it's going to be interesting to possibly bring you back and see how much it's grown and where things are changing. I imagine you're going to get involved in a lot of things moving forward. But um, oh, were you going to say something? Go ahead. I, I, have a, I have one last thing, and I would be remiss if I didn't say it, and then we can just cut this off and everybody can go do the thing. <laughs> don't worry, you're not no, done no, yet. No, we have to do what oh, yeah. we learn. I'm thinking to all of our listeners right now, because you're always bombarded with information, and you're always wondering who do I trust and where do I go, which is obviously something we're passionate about. The last thing that I would have is, in, and I've done this in a number of my speaking engagements, and it, hopefully it is, and I will, duh, we get it. Um, everyone out there that's listening, you're now competing against the world. You're competing against 7 billion people. If you want to recognize it today, that's great. If you don't want to recognize it, it's still already happening. So you can take the attitude today of, hey, how do I access 7 billion people? Or how do I fight for the future doing slightly better than my competitor in the state of Georgia? It's just that attitude won't work. Your supply chain is global. Um, You can outsource some of your engineering, which is global. Um, You can, uh, you know, one of the things that we did was we formed a partnership in the Middle East where we gave them all of our brain power and they started building our products there. And we did the same with Australia and New Zealand and South Korea and um, many other places that there's, there's a new way you can do things. And I, and I hope the manufacturers that are listening today aren't just saying manufacturing is a process and manufacturing is not just a process. Manufacturing is a business first. The manufacturing process is one of just many things that you do during the day. And I get pretty upset sometimes when I go to conferences and I'll hear the keynote speakers saying, you just need to be more efficient. And I'm going, man, I'm going to throw a chair on stage and then you're going to know who I am. Stop doing that. Small to medium people or businesses, you can't be Toyota. What you need to be is who you are, where you are, and allow that system to compete on a global stage. 
And I think there is so much opportunity out there for manufacturers Mm -hmm. that we just need to help kind of point them into the right direction and say, this is what you're awesome at. You're allowed to tell a lot of people. And again, doing some of the stuff we did, you know, we're at $60 million in the middle of nowhere. And I was out competing the guys in Ohio who own the supply chain. Wow. It was 6 million views on YouTube that did it because people were knowing, liking us and trusting us before we ever spoke. And there's lots of opportunities to do that today because you have access to 7 billion people. So instead of going, holy shit, I can't compete. Sorry for the language. Uh, I <laughs> That's all right. Against, well, it's an emotional moment. Um, <laughs> against uh, Alibaba. Why can't you just flip it on its head and use that for your supply chain or your sales structure instead of letting it happen to you? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a, a matter of vision and strategy and guidance that you're going to give to your business going forward. But I, I don't think there could be a better opportunity to scale and grow your business today. You have so many more tools at your fingertips, or you can sit back and complain about things and just let them happen. And that's not a fun company to work for. No. no. Well, you heard it from the manufacturing master himself. So that's right. That's, that's right. Good advice. All right. We're going to shift into our other segment of every episode. And that is finish the sentence. I just learned that. So Aaron, I'm going to start with you. Oh, yay. Um, (laughs) I just learned. So I had heard of this concept of cobots and I was like, well, that's neat. Cause then you, you need people and you have robots and it's what it is, is a person on the floor and they have a robot that they sort of manipulate. Oh, so they work together. They're collaborating the person in the robot. What I just learned is that that's not a good system. I just learned that, that actually what ends up happening is that the robot is so much faster, so much more efficient, um, that over time, they cage off the robot, keep the co-worker um, away from them, and just use it as a robot. Uh, I think that's that's something that is uh, important for, for our listeners to know as they're thinking about their options with automation. Interesting. Ooh. Thanks for the lesson. All right, Lori, what did you just learn? So my husband shared this with me. I was really fascinated by it, but there was an eight-year-old girl that was able to chat with the, an American astronaut in the International Space Station using a ham radio. And it was simply pure luck because the st- space station oh. has to come over at a very specific location. So they only had a couple of minutes to chat. Um, but it's just a fascinating oh. story. This This girl is in um, in England. So I'll include the link to the article that I read um, on in the show notes, but I figured it's a fun tech communication uh, yeah. tidbit. And I just yeah. found that fascinating and that people still even use ham radios. I, didn't I know. know that was a thing. Apparently there's a fairly significant there, community that it, does. It is. It's vibrant. They have their yeah. big towers. Well, and that it's on the space station. I didn't I even know. know that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Very cool. Chris, what about you? What if what did you just learn? Well, I just learned that mine's going to be very different than your ladies uh, today. Um, I just learned 
that Sue Bird has 3,234 assists. I don't know if you guys know Sue Bird of the Seattle Storm. She's retiring this year after 19 years in the WNBA. Yeah. She's awesome. Uh, awesome. I'm a huge basketball fan. I played point guard when I was young. And uh, just to see her come up in her career, she really has been kind of an ambassador for the, the sport. And she's been around since the WNBA has really been vibrant and in and, and the big uh, show that it is today. So I thought I would just announce that. Yeah, I'm recording all of the she's in the playoffs right now with with her team. I'm not sure how far far they're going to go. It would be awesome if she wins it uh, in her last year, but she's just an amazing passer. And anybody, I I think there's just something beautiful about a team player who wants to make sure that their teammates can score. They're they're delivering the ball and they don't have to be the leading scorer. They just make the assist. So that's what I learned. That's awesome. Mm, Nobody wants a suicide pass. (laughs) (laughs) um sadly enough uh, it's very humbling for me because every day is one of those aha learning experiences that are very personal uh but just one really quickly off the top of my head is spending time with chris nadow from north carolina talking about how do you negotiate with trucking companies Mm -hmm. and i literally went I didn't know we were allowed to negotiate. And he said, I know why, Darren, because you didn't have any skill in doing it. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) So he has some really good, like I've never met someone so passionate about freight. And he's current, I think he has a list of 300 manufacturers he's working with and incredibly ex-military and incredibly passionate about, you know, he always says uh, freight is the last spend of profitability. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, But just showing how to negotiate with freight companies and going, okay, that completely makes sense. I realized, you know, the company would come in every year and say, Darren, it's gone up by 15%. But because we like you, we'll settle on eight. And I went, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. we just weren't prepared to do it. So that's something that I've, I've learned that you could actually negotiate with a freight company, which is awesome. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people want to hear that right now. Uh, what's his name again? Can you repeat it for us? Chris Nadeau from okay. uh, North Carolina. And his is company he... name is Haversack. Is that one of your guests? Is that uh, online? He's, can we, he's... can we watch that episode? Absolutely. He's one of our experts. He gave us five short videos and he filmed them all on a loading dock because he went where I'm at home. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fantastic. All right. So Darren, before we we let you go today, how can people find you? Where would you like to guide people to? Anywhere they want. They can find us on the internet under Mitchell Industries. They can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Facebook. I'm not active on Instagram, but uh, any one of those places they can find us or they can find us on manufacturingmasters.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, It was a real pleasure to have you uh, and we'll, we'll take it from here. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Bye. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, 
visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcasts.com. Thank you.